As we wrap up our journey through the Psalms this month, we want you to know that you can come as you are today. We want you to hear from the Lord as he speaks to us through his word. You know, you might be stressed out that as a parent, you're going to be homeschooling your kids while you're trying to hold down your day job. Or maybe you're filled with joy because you're one of those lucky people that has bought a puppy and have taken that new pet home and your house is filled with love and happiness right now. You know, the Bible says to rejoice with those who rejoice and to mourn with those who mourn. So we want you to allow the Psalms to speak to you today as they did for Jesus when he walked this earth. You know, Jesus led his disciples to sing a psalm after the Last Supper. You know, for Jesus and his disciples, these were the scriptures that they read. For Jesus, these were the songs that he sung. These were the prayers that he prayed. And so how much more do we need to learn these psalms for our lives? This was Jesus' own songbook, Jesus' prayer book. This was the thing that shaped his worship. It shaped his thinking. It shaped his life. And so the psalms were on his lips even as he hung on the cross, how much more important is is for us to sit with the Psalms, study them, to let them soak into our lives and, and flow out of us. You know, the early Christians were known for singing the Psalms as they worshiped and as they, they studied them and they prayed through them. So we, as we study and pray through the Psalms, as we live out these Psalms together, we are going to learn how to sing praise to God while also offering up our very real pain to him. You know, what I think is going to happen is that God is going to help us both stay rooted in hopefulness and rooted in reality. That's what the Psalms can do for you today. And so though we hear the political chatter right now, it's getting more and more and more divisive and less gracious. We still have hope in King Jesus that his kingdom will be revealed in full one day. And though we grieve the very real losses that we encounter in this season, we simultaneously look for signs of hope. That's what the Psalms can do for us as we spend time with them. And so through a health pandemic and an economic pandemic, a cultural pandemic, and a very real spiritual pandemic for many of us, we can have faith that God will lead us through, that we, as we stay rooted in the Lord, that God's goodness will be revealed and flow in and through our lives. And so Psalm 24 today is going to invite us in this very important thing to remember that we are stewards of God's possessions. We are not owners of anything. So look with me at verse one, a Psalm of David, the earth is the Lord and the fullness there. Of. You see, Psalm 24 begins with this declaration that everything belongs to God. Even my clothes, my children, uh, my education. Lord, even my 2008 Prius, yes, everything belongs to the Lord. You know, when I was pastoring college students back in uh, the 1990s, I remember one particularly sharp college student. Uh, was responding to a sermon I had preached on tithing. And she asked, she said, since I don't earn any money right now, and, and I owe thousands of dollars in student debt, when the plate comes by, can I take money out of it? <laughs> Good question. You know, when we regather in person one day and the plate goes by, if you have any credit card debt, please don't take money out of the plate. 
But you know, here's the reality, is that when we realize how much Jesus has given us, that Jesus took on our debt on the cross, don't we want to give back to Jesus everything? Our money, our, our time, our relationships, our education, resources, they all come from God and belong to God. You know, sometimes we think that the things we have belong to us. Psalm 24 reminds us it all belongs to God. You know, one church was growing so rapidly uh, that they actually had to rent the parking lot across the street from their property in order to make room for all the people who were coming. Now, the lease that they signed, interestingly, the owner put in that they would get 51 weeks out of 52 weeks. And so the church asked the owner, said, why did you write 51 weeks instead of 52 weeks? And the owner replied, I never want the church to forget that I own the parking lot. <laughs> like, wow. You know, actually, it's not a bad reminder. You know, we love our church building. We're grateful for it, and we own it. But you know what? We don't really own it, do we? This is a gift of God. He owns everything. And so when we remember that the earth is the Lord and everything in it, we remember the truth that it all belongs to God. We reclaim then our rightful place, not as owners, but as stewards. We're owners of nothing. We're stewards, managers of everything. It's as if God has made us his earthly asset managers in his name. And our responsibility is to invest his resources that will bring him the greatest return. It's not about us, Psalm 24 says. It's all about him. And when we give back what we've been given, that's part of our worship, too. So first, we see we're stewards of our resources. Secondly, we're going to see that we're stewards of our worship. Look at verse 2 with me. It says, For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. What Psalm 24 is talking about is God's creation and how it all belongs to him. Now, the ancients thought that the earth was flat like a disk of water and that water was full of divine chaos from these gods. And yet the language of David we see in Psalm 24, it actually upends the narrative of these false gods, these false gods of the rivers, the false gods of the seas that had control, and instead squarely places the Lord as king over all of these chaotic waters. And so what Psalm 24 is declaring is that as God places his land and his people over these waters, that the waters are now calmed, that God has lordship over the chaotic waters, that the psalm is proclaiming calm over chaos. It's as if God is saying to you today, out of the chaos of your life, I will bring peace. And that the, though the world is torn apart, I will weave it back together. Though dark forces seem to overwhelm you, I, the Lord, have placed you here as a sign of my goodness. The earth belongs to me, God is saying, and so do you. You belong to me. Look at verses three and four. David goes on, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? 
He who has clean hands and a pure heart, he who does not lift up his soul to what is false and who does not swear deceitfully. Now, you might think that Psalm 24 says true worship is about going to church and not telling lies, things like that. But the Lord wants to root out any false allegiance to anything else, to root out any false idol, anything that is more important than following the Lord. God wants us to get rid of. The Lord makes it clear what true worship is. If you looked at Isaiah 58, verse 7, the Lord says, this is true worship. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? You see, true worship involves, yes, our head, yes, our heart, but also our hands and our feet. Our bread and our resources are part of our worship. You see, it's our whole life is true worship. I'm going to see, show you this video from our friend Martha Henry, whose community garden and her food pantry and her free little library is having such a great impact. And this is going to encourage you, as you know, that as you are helping her, you are blessing others. Check out this video right now. Hi. 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 <laughs> Miss Jackie, I, okay, <laughs> will you let Carmel Presbyterian know how much this means to our community? Hi, sisters and brothers of Presbyterian Church. This is wonderful. I love the big heartedness of your giving because I am a courier for the elderly and for the sick. And I'm over here getting greens now, cooking for a friend who has breast cancer and also for Miss Lily up in the senior apartments. I love doing what I do, and I know you love doing what you do, and thank you so very much. God bless you. And you said that you, the person has breast cancer, used those protein drinks? Yes, because she's losing her appetite because of chemo, and usually that's all I can get her to drink. I get them, sometimes I warm them, or I get them real cold, and I put a little scoop of ice cream in it just so she can have something. So you're gonna take some? I'm gonna take two, just two. That's all she needs because okay. we'll be getting some tomorrow, so. And you know what, if she needs more, go on and take more because I have some more in the garage. No, because no, 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 we take what we need so there's some for the rest. Yes, ma'am, <laughs> yes, ma'am. Thank you, Miss Jackie. Thank you. <laughs> My mother always said, don't take more than you need, honey. Leave some for somebody else. <laughs> Thank you. Didn't you like that advice she gave at the end? She says, my mama taught me, only take what you need. Leave something for somebody else. It sounds like her mama has good advice for all of us, right? It all belongs to God anyway. It's part of our worship. Thirdly, we're going to see that we are stewards not just of our resources, not just of our worship, we are called to be stewards of our time. Look at verses 5 and 6. It says, He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of God, of Jacob. You know, when I think of this verse, I can't help but think of our beloved Dick Nystrom, who just went to be with the Lord. I'd called Dick last month just to check in and see how he and Marge were doing. You know, it really was the Lord just prompting me 
I realize now to just say hello. It was the last time I had a chance to speak with him. Most of what I remember from the call was just this kind of steady peace that Dick had. He was grateful for so many things in his life. You know, Dick was known as such a faithful person of the Lord, someone with such a generous spirit. He was a man after God's own heart. You know, his deep connection to the Lord made him someone that people often sought out for advice, for guidance. I'm sure there's many of you watching today who was touched deeply by the life and ministry of Dick. You know, Dick spent his time so well in service to the Lord and in service to others. He was a personal blessing to me in the very short time, actually, that I got to know him. But you know, he's going to be so dearly missed, not just by me, but by so many of you. I cannot help but read Psalm 24 and think of Dick. Because you know when you meet someone special like him, you never think they're going to die. But one minute they're here, the next minute they're gone. You see, the scripture says that God is looking for a generation of seekers, a generation of people chasing after the heart of God. I think of Dick when I think of this verse. God is looking for people who recognize that the time in our life belongs to him. And so friends, none of us are promised tomorrow. Let's make the most of today. You know, story goes that a little three-year-old boy, he got a cassette player, actually as a gift. You remember what those are? And after playing with the cassette player for some time, he said to his mom this. He says, you know what the problem is with life? And the mom asked, what? And he looks at his mom and says, with all the wisdom, of course, of a three-year-old who's just played with a cassette player and uh, for the first time in his life, he says to his mom, life has no rewind button. You know, I remember my own cassette players, and I like that rewind button to listen to that song again and again and again. But you know what? Life has no rewind button. You know, C.S. Lewis said this famously, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. Friends, it all belongs to the Lord. You can trust him for every minute of your short life, and you can choose to be a good steward with everything you have, because guess what? It all belongs to him anyway, but especially your time. It all belongs to him. I want to ask you, actually, with your time this week, would you pray for a man who is not yet a believer, but I know who is joining his wife on a weekly online Bible study? He doesn't know the Lord yet, as far as I know. Would you pray for this man as he comes to this online Bible study that he would realize that there is a God chasing after him? Would you make time for that this week? Would you also Pray for yourself this week, that you would not let time slip away, that you would make the priorities on God's heart, the priorities on your heart, that you would even evaluate your life and take a look at how you're spending your time and your resources and how you're worshiping your connection with the Lord and give it all back to God. Would you make time this week to pray for yourself? 
and do like a, a check-in with God. God, where are we together? You see, you can't rewind the clock, but you can make the most of your days on this earth. You can do that this week. And every day, ask yourself, is what I'm doing to the glory of God? Is what I'm doing today giving a glimpse of God's goodness? You see, we look at our goods and resources. We can look at our worship. We can look at our time and say, you don't belong to me. I'm just a manager. I'm just a steward. These all belong to God. And it's true. It all belongs to him. See, God has wired us to be good managers. And we only get one life to live. So let's live every minute to the full as if it belonged to God, because it really does. And so we're a blessed, not when we hoard blessings to ourselves, but when we generously share these treasures with others. God has given something to you to share. Take a look at your life and see what God is prompting you to share. Take a look at verse one again. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Guess what? That's you. You belong to the Lord. Your time, your resources, your worship, it all belongs to him. You know, our aim as Christians is not to be as wealthy and healthy as possible in this life, but actually to be good stewards. Our goal in this short life is not to be as happy as possible, but as holy as God intends. Our focus as a Christian isn't to hurry through life, but to realize that even time itself belongs to God. God is in no hurry, and he wants us to make time for him, maybe even slow down and to spend some time praying this week. Now, you can't change the past, but starting today, you can make Jesus a priority in your life. And so would you pray with me? Lord, I pray that you would make me into a good steward who, who sees that everything I have belongs to you, that these are your resources. Lord, this is your worship, that this is your time, that these are your lives. Oh, Lord, forgive me for ever thinking my life belongs solely to me. Oh, Lord, it all belongs to you. Thank you, Lord, for your gracious patience with me. Help me to realign my priorities around Psalm 24 to make you number one in everything this week. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.